listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Thank you, Andrea. I appreciate that. Yeah, y'all can clap, I guess. If you're going to do it, just commit, right? <laughs> just do it or not. <laughs> By the way, if any of you would like to read scripture, we're going to start doing that uh, before I come up. So I'd love to give you guys an opportunity if you want to do that. Um, I'm saying this week, if you've been around me for a, a while, especially if you're a close friend, if you're a staff member here, especially my family, you're going to know all of my, um, what do you call, all of my weird kind of mannerisms, all my weird tics. And, and I, I want to bring you into this and, and share some of them with you, knowing full well I'm just giving you more ammo, but I hope that it brings us to the point that I want to get to tonight. And, and the first is this. This is something weird that I do, and I've noticed it specific, specifically since I've come here. And that is, I, if I have to, maybe if I say a joke that I'm not sure landed well, I'll like say the joke and I'll go, like I'll make this little clicking sound with my mouth. Or if I have to say something kind of serious, but then I want to lighten the tension, I'll say like, you should really do that. Like for whatever reason, like that's, that's what I'll do. And sometimes, and even in a moment where maybe I'm having to ask someone to do something, it's kind of awkward, like, hey, can you, you know, I don't know, it's just weird. I have this weird, like nervous tick thing. Now, do any of you guys do that? Am I alone in that? I'm alone in that. Okay, good. I'm just glad we clarified that tonight. Um, here, here's another one. If y'all, y'all can go back now, right now, look at almost any Instagram video that we've done. And here's how it starts. If I've done it, what's up, dirty fam? My hands come together. Like, you're like, yeah, thanks. You notice this is, whenever I'm doing a video, my hands are always doing this. Guys, I don't know what's wrong with my hands. Like, they're like that awkward middle school, middle school couple that won't stop making out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they just can't get away from each other. It's crazy. But now you have that visual every video we do. You're welcome. God bless you. Um, here's another thing that I do. Um, so if I'm eating, um, oh, here's one that Katie always tells me. Um, instead of Tuesday night gathering, I say Tuesday night gathering, right? You know what I mean? I mean, I grew up in Sweetwater, Texas. You, the boy can leave Sweetwater, but you can't take Sweetwater out of the boy, okay? That's just, that's just who I am. I'm sorry. Here's another one. If I'm eating a meal with veggies, all right, here's the deal. If meat and some delicious carb or bread is on the plate, guys, the veggies are going first, right? Like, I'm not looking forward to the veggies. Like, let's get them out of the way to get to the steak. That is scripture. I'm, I'm citing. Y'all should be amening that, all right? That's another weird thing about me. Um, another thing, watching basically any episode of any TV show, The Office, Parks and Rec, any movie, sad or funny, I find a way to cry. That's just, that's just me. Like, I find a way to cry. So if we're ever having a movie night, don't, y'all look over at me, I'm like, crying like, dude, this is hilarious. What are you doing? I'm, I'm just sad, man. I don't know if it's becoming a dad. I don't know if I'm just a softie. Um, here's another reason for, for some reason, every time I have my laptop open, my Mac, guys, I don't even like check, checking Facebook. I check Facebook. It's just like instinctive. Like I, I have so many times typed in FAC. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. Like I don't even like Facebook. I, the only reason I still have one is because I can message my grandmother. Like that's it. Like I'm just saying, here's another one. Um, this is the last one I'll share with you guys. Um, I, I don't only sleep talk, okay? I, I do sleep talk. Um, I sleep yell, okay? I was watching a TV show one time. I was binge watching it. It was called Fringe. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it. We're a kind of sci-fi show. And in the show, there's basically the concept of a vortex, okay? And so one night, Caitlin and I, sweet Caitlin, my wife, sleeping in her bed, and I wake up, and I'm like, there's a vortex! There's a vortex! And I'm like grabbing the blankets and like, 
and like somehow spinning with the bed, like the sheets as if they're spinning me. Like, you gotta get out, like I'm screaming. And finally I come to, I try to play it cool, but guys, by that time it was over. And she was looking at me like, what are you doing? And I've, I've preached in my sleep. There's been some great sermons, guys, in the Rhodes house, in our bedroom. And I'll wake myself up with this adamant point and I'll try to finish the sentence. And Caitlin was looking over me like, I know the whole sermon. I've been awake since the intro, bro. Like, I know your outline. I know your metaphors, your application, all those things. And so hey, that's just a little bit about me. Feel free to use that. If you don't want to, that's fine. But um, here's the reality. All those weird things that I do, you know, I'm not consciously thinking of them. Like before I go to bed, like, <laughs> I'm going to try to wake my wife up with preaching in, in my sleep. I don't, I, don't, I don't do that. And we all kind of have weird things. Like some of you have your weird tics. Some of you have weird roommates. They snore too loud. They never clean up after themselves. We all have that weird friend that like you're literally talking and hanging out and having a moment. And they'll take a call in the middle of you and just start talking loudly like they won't go somewhere else. Anyone, you have that friend? All right. Okay, if you're that person, I'm sorry. Just stop, stop doing it. It's weird. Um, but, but you're not consciously. Any of us, all of our weird tics and things that we have, we're not consciously thinking about, why did I do that, right? There's some things that we just, we just do but it doesn't make it not weird. Here's where I'm going with this transition I wanna make. So for, for Christians, for example, um, for outsiders looking in, maybe you could say that we kinda do and believe some, some weird things, right? Talking about the Holy Ghost. You're like, where's the ghost? Like, I didn't know ghosts existed, right? That, that's a weird one. Or in our series, the, the, the bread of life. Like our God basically called himself bread. Like from the outside looking in, just to be fair, I'd be like, hey, that, that's kinda weird, right? And tonight, as we continue our I Am series, we're gonna look at Jesus saying these words. He's gonna say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As we talked about before, it's another claim of exclusivity. Now, from the outside looking in, to see Christians saying, we, we've, got, we've got the only way, and it's Jesus. To be honest with you, maybe it's not familiar to you, but that's a really strange thing. Because there's lots of ways, <laughs> there's lots of, beliefs you could have and things you, you could do. Like there's millions and billions of worldviews. Like just Google, like what should I think about the world? And you'll probably have so many options. And so even if you've been in the Christian bubble for a while or maybe you're new to it or seeking or consider yourself not a Christian, the reality is is that not a lot of times do we ask ourselves, man, why, why do I choose Jesus as my, my way? And, and, I, and I think maybe for a lot of you, it's just gonna be a good reminder tonight. Like maybe the power of what this means, it gets kind of lost on you. And that's my hope for you, that believers, you're following Jesus, you love the Lord, and you're gonna lean into this tonight. And maybe some of you are kind of on the fringe, you're kind of on the outside, and you've maybe kind of been wondering that, like, why do they sing so loud? Like, why are their eyes closed? Why are their hands lifted up? What's up with this Jesus guy? Why does he call himself the way? And here's the exact question that I would like to make tonight to give you. Why should you follow the way of Jesus? Why should you follow the way of Jesus? I think another spin of this question, you could say, but like, what, what are the benefits of Jesus being the way? And we're gonna be in John chapter 14, as Andrea just read it, and we're gonna kind of walk through the text. I'm gonna show you some things. So starting in verse one, it says this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. So why should you follow Jesus as the way, why should he be your one way? Well, the first thing is, is that Jesus is actually the only way to a heart of peace. I want you to notice this when he says, let your hearts be troubled. What does he say after that? Because you should just pretend like things aren't going around. 
you should just pretend like there's no problems. No, he doesn't say that. He says, believe in me. Believe in me. That, that word believe is the same word we see for faith. It's the same word in John 3, 16, that all who would believe in him. So Jesus' remedy for a troubled heart, for a troubled soul, for an anxious soul, is he says, believe in me. Have faith. Faith in me is going to transcend your current troubles. Now, what were the current troubles? Well, if you didn't know, in this series of chapters, really starting in John chapter 13, Jesus is telling the disciples all of these things about he's about to leave. He's, he's referenced that he's going to die. He's really leaning into it now. And they're troubled. Just before, in chapter 13, towards the end, Peter's like, Lord, where are you going? I'll go with you. I'll go with you anywhere. And Jesus is like, dude, you're going to deny me three times pretty soon, all right, before the rooster crows. And they're like, what does that mean? So their hearts are troubled. They're feeling the heaviness of, man, something bad's about to happen. And Jesus has told them, but somehow they're still not tracking with exactly what that is. But Jesus says, hey, listen, no matter what's going on, I know you don't perfectly understand it. Believe in me because I am the only way to a heart of peace. And we see this in Romans chapter five, verse one. It says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's God's salvation coming into your heart and giving you peace with God. We see this in Philippians chapter four and verse six. Do not be anxious about anything. That's hard, hello. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what does he say? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we don't only see it in John 14. We see in Jesus and following him, he is the only way to a heart of, of peace. And so let me illustrate this for you. I, I talk about food all the time. Let me give you another food metaphor. Like I'm, I'm a man of comfort food. I've figured it out. I know the perfect blend of coffee to have with my warm chocolate chip cookie. Right? I know the perfect way the steak needs to be cooked to have with the taters, any, any Mexican food, like let's be real, just any, any Mexican food of any quality fast food, bring it on. And here's the thing though, it brings comfort for a little while. It, uh, comfort food turns into comfort meal, the comfort diet, and then here I am standing here today. That was the result. Um, but the thing is, is that those foods do not continue. They don't have an everlasting effect, do they? I have to keep eating them for that comfort. And, and maybe for you, you're kind of like me. You, you go to food. Maybe for your comfort, for your peace, something that kind of eases your troubles and anxieties, maybe you go to various substances. Maybe you go to looking at various explicit content in the dark. Maybe you look at relationships. Maybe it's how well your life is doing, success. It's accolades. It's praise of people. Maybe it's just having stuff and you got to buy this and that. No, you don't got lots of money, but maybe everything that you do have, you buy something with it. But it doesn't sustain your troubled heart, does it? I think Augustine says it well. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. He's talking about Jesus. And so the connection I want to make, just put this in your head. It's maybe cheesy, maybe not, but, but the peace of Christ is comfort food for the soul, except with Jesus, you only need one serving, friends. And, and, and even more so, at one serving, Jesus will grant you access to peace, not only in the present, but for life everlasting. Y'all tracking with that? And so why should you follow the way of Jesus? He is the only way, friends. He's the only way to a heart of peace. And we're going straight through the scriptures. I'm not making up anything tonight. If you've been in this church a while, it's a great legacy. We ask our questions and we find our answers in scripture. So we're staying close to that. Y'all go on to verse two of chapter 14, it says this. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where 
I am going. So why should you follow the way of Jesus? I'm looking at this and I'm seeing that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Some of you hear that, of course he is. But here it is straight out of scripture. You don't have to make it up anymore. You're talking with your friends. Straight out of John 14, that's what it says. Now here's the deal. Let's talk about heaven for a minute. Everybody wants to go to heaven, right? Have you, have you ever met someone by raising hand that wants to go to hell? Right, like, could you just imagine, you know what? Hell sounds pretty good. Eternal suffering and torment and eternal flames. Sign me up. Let's go, right? You are supposed to laugh. It's serious. So, like, that, that's why some of us, when we get angry, we don't say heaven, though, right? I'm not going to say the right thing. We're in church, guys. But it's a negative thing. It has a negative connotation. Like, no one wants to go to hell. But the, the thing is, in going to heaven, some people assume everyone goes to heaven, but we don't want to take the road or the path to get there. And that's Jesus. And Jesus is saying this. I'm gonna go prepare a place for you. I'm gonna go make these rooms for you. He's using language. I think most of it is, is symbolic because the room in the house is not the focus. Here's what you should be focused on. When Jesus says this, he's going beforehand. He's going to prepare. Like Jesus is going to do work. He's taking care of everything. What Jesus is saying, I'm gonna guarantee that if you follow me, you're gonna have a place with me in heaven. Are you tracking that? That's the promise for believers and nothing short of that. And I was thinking about this this morning. I was actually thinking, you know what? Here we are talking about heaven. You guys aren't thinking about heaven. I don't think a lot about heaven. Getting older, still not thinking about heaven. Why is that? Because we don't think about death a lot, right? And so here's the thing, though. I want you to notice something. By, by raise of hand, uh, not asking a serious question, how many of you, your grandparents are Christians? Grandparents, Christians in the room, they follow Jesus quite a bit. Praise God. What, what a legacy. That's amazing. Seriously, I didn't expect that. That's, that's awesome. And so here's the deal. What you're gonna notice, not all, but many of them, what do they talk about the most in, in Christian doctrine and theology? Heaven, end times, right? Jesus is coming back soon. Turn and burn, baby. No, they don't go that far all the time. But like, man, they're, they're paying thousands of dollars for prophecy conferences because they want to know when Jesus is coming back, right? They want, I'm not making fun of it. They, they, are, they are so in tune with the fact that, man, heaven is a real thing. I'm coming close to death. Jesus is real, <laughs> He's either coming back or I'm dying soon. I, whichever one, Jesus, give it to me. My grandma was saying that all the time. Jesus is coming back soon. And I said, hey, mama, for your sake, you've been waiting longer than me. I hope so. I hope so. That's what I say. Now, let me ask you this. Is that just annoying? Is that fixating on something that, that maybe prioritizing something in Scripture above the other? That, that, that could be. That could be. Maybe for some. But I think, I think, let's, let's be humble, uh, as they would call us, young people, right? I think they may be on to something. Because I think that why they're like this is because I think that a lot of our, our grandparents that are older, what they've done is probably lived a life where they've experienced everything that they thought would be really great to experience. Maybe they've had the good family, maybe they've had the good job, the good car, the good house, the good friends, the good food, whatever it may be. I think they're like, man, it's, it's been good, but yeah, Jesus is so much better. Like, Jesus is so much better. Like, let's just wrap this thing up. Like, come back or let, let, let's get on with it because I, I already know Jesus. I don't need to experience anything else to see, man, being in heaven with you is going to be better. So, so are, they, are they on to something? Let, let's look at this. Revelation 21, one to seven describes just a little bit of heaven for us. I want you to listen to this. I'm, I'm just gonna actually just read one verse for you. I wanna think about where we're at now in this world and, and the contrast. So this is describing heaven. Just listen to this. Talking about God, he will wipe 
away every tear from their eyes. You cried in the past two years? I have. I cry at movies, it doesn't count, but I've cried about things that matter. <laughs> and death shall be no more. Gone to a funeral? I have. Past three years, I've, I've done a funeral. Neither shall there be mourning. I've mourned past month. <laughs> Crying, nor pain anymore. I feel pain. You feel pain? It could be mental pain, mental anguish, physical pain, just the pain of living on this earth, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, this is verse five of Revelation 21, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And that rhymes, good job. Um, So, I don't know about you, but I haven't experienced anything on this earth that sounds like that. And so I think our our grandparents, I think our older brothers and sisters, or maybe fathers and mothers in the faith, grandfathers and grandmothers in the faith, I think they're on to something. And I know that some of you are like, man, Jesus, following Jesus now is awesome, but what he has for you in heaven is gonna be so much better. It's gonna be so much better. So here's here's the lesson. Look to that reward. Don't don't get caught up in the now. Good things are gonna happen now, but man, being in heaven with him is is the prize. And so it's only through him, though, (laughs) that we can get there. So why should I follow the way of Jesus? Second, is it because he's the only way to heaven. Now let's go to verses six through seven. We keep walking through this. Verse six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can y'all follow it? Or can y'all, no one comes to the Father except through me. I meant to say finish it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, this is, this is difficult uh, to catch. I think we kind of skim over it, but listen to this. What we're seeing in verses six through seven is something way more than a bumper sticker verse. What we're seeing is the reason we should follow the way of Jesus is that Jesus is not only the only way to a heart of peace, the only way to heaven, he is the only way to God himself, okay? So the, the, the object here that we're looking at in this point is not just a place, we're looking at God, How do we get to God? How do broken sinners who have ruined that relationship, how do we get back to that? Because that's how it was in the beginning when God created us. We messed it up, right? What is standing between us in terms of salvation and God the Father? Who stands in that gap? It's Jesus. He's the door. Remember we talked about him being the door you have to enter in through. And what's even better is that by knowing Jesus, we know the Father. That's what he's trying to say. How many of you have ever said, man, I just wish I could see God? I've said that, it's okay, I'm supposed to see God. Well, through God's holy word, reading the gospels through his word, we do get to see God because we see Jesus. We see his life. And he's so rooted in real history, it's undeniable that when we're reading this, we're reading a true story. And it even says the word of God is living, right? It's active. So every time you're in the word, you're getting to experience in a spiritual way, but yet a real way, the the presence of Christ in you. That's why Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. And so there's, I, I went off on that tangent. That's not the main point. This is not the only place in scripture that Jesus says that he's the only way to God. So Ephesians 2.18 says this, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. First Timothy 2.5 says this, for there is one God, there is one mediator, or you say counselor, or one that makes things right between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. 
I was, I was laughing. I can't remember who it was, but one of you did the, the, the same thing I did last year driving to Fall Retreat, and you missed the turn to get to Lone Tree Ranch. You went all the way into Capitan. I did it last year. We were lost for a minute. And if y'all know, like, there's a certain place where you don't get service. Like, if, if you don't, I mean, you don't open the maps in Capitan. Open the maps in Lubbock, right? And so the, the deal is, is that a lot of you, you got there, you maybe took different ways. A lot of you maybe came from different points in Lubbock. You didn't all come from the church and carpool. But the reality is, is you have to turn on the county road C001 off of 380. You gotta turn right if you wanna get to Lone Tree Ranch. Like, there is not another road you go around. Like, I don't, I don't think it's just mountains. I don't think you're gonna get there, right? And so in a similar way, I'm gonna track with this. With Christianity, with Jesus saying, I'm the only way, within the kingdom of God, there are believers from all different types of backgrounds, aka coming from all different directions, languages, cultures, struggles, sins, hindrances to the gospel. There's people that still don't know the name of Jesus. You just name it. But here's the deal. They all have to turn right on the county road called Calvary. Y'all tracking? They all have to take a right there. And guess what? As you go down that path, that road leads straight to the foot of the cross. And the beautiful thing is, is once you arrive, you unpack, you stay for a while, you tell your friends, hey, turn that GPS off because Jesus is gonna take us the rest of the way. Amen? And why should we be so inspired to want to find the way to God. Why should we want to know the way? I mean, I, I'm gonna get heaven. Sweet, right? Streets of gold or something like that. It's because of this. Back in Revelation 21, verse three, it, it says this. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, it's describing heaven. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. See, some people just want heaven. But listen, that however they define heaven, right? But heaven is not ultimately defined by a place, it's defined by a person. It's God. Like, look, some of you are caught up in like, what does Jesus mean by all the rooms and the places he's preparing? I'm like, y'all consume yourself with that. I'll be a homeless man in heaven because you know what I want to do? I want to sit at the feet of my creator and just be with him. That's the reward. The reward is God. There's going to be heavenly rewards. I don't know what that looks like. First place, second place, blue ribbon. I don't know. I don't care. I get to be with God. I get to see him. How much do you struggle? I don't know if you struggle. Like, I believe I have faith, but so many people are like, I don't believe God because I don't see him. And I'm like, I, I resonate with that sometimes. I resonate with that. There will not be any, like, hey, I, I said, man, through the word of Christ and praying, we experience him. There will be no doubt. Like, we will see him face to face. Is that not amazing? Like, do y'all not want that? Do y'all ever think about that? And, and through Jesus being our way, he gives us that access. This God who you've been worshiping hoping by faith that he really exists, you're gonna get to see him. Man. The ultimate reward of heaven is, is God. So of course, we wanna follow the way of Jesus because that way leads to God. And let's go back to verse six. There's something I don't want you to miss. Now Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
And in John chapter six, when we covered the bread, bread of life, Jesus said, yes, I am the bread of life. He's basically saying you have to spiritually partake of me, which we discovered that means believing in his death in order to live the body and blood, that his body and blood that he gave for us, that he sacrificed for us. That's what he was getting at. But listen to this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So lastly, Jesus is the only way out of death and into life. Why would Jesus offer us life if we didn't need it? You ever think about that? That doesn't make any sense. Don't look at that bloody man on the cross and say, well, I don't know what that was for. No, desperate times call for desperate measures, my friends. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Another way of saying it is, if you don't go Jesus' way, if he doesn't make a way, every other way leads to, wait for it, it's 2021, oh my gosh, is he gonna say that word? Every other way leads to hell. And if you're still not convinced that the Bible affirms this, look at Acts chapter 4, 12. You're about to be blessed, friend. Like, let's reason together from scripture. I'm about to just go off. Let's go. Acts chapter four, verse 12. It says this, and there is salvation and no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. John 1, 4. In him was life and life was the light of men. John six thirty five. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. I told you in John eight twenty four that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins, John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. It's obvious. If your authority is the word of God, you have to go through Jesus to find life, period. Now, how do we know that we've been brought from death to life? Hold on, Cole. How do we know that we're dead? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Thank you, friend. Ephesians chapter two, one of my favorite verses, probably gonna share it from this stage until I don't. <laughs> and verse one, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience. Guys, I'm not making this up. If you want scripture to be your authority, this is a bleak picture of us without Jesus. We're dead in our sins, and it says, with whatever sort of life or energy that you did have, you're following the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan. You are following Satan. You don't feel like it, doesn't matter. Scripture is telling you the facts. That is the reality apart from Christ. And in verse three, you're like, well, that's not me. I'm a good person. Verse three, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and by nature children of wrath, like the rest of what? Mankind. He lumps us all in there apart from Jesus I don't know if that's a bleak picture enough for you to say, hmm, I may need to think about this Jesus guy, but it's enough for me. And lastly, when we talked about Lazarus two weeks ago, we saw Jesus raise him from the dead. Friends, the picture that Jesus wants us to get of us apart from him is Lazarus. He wants to see a dead body in a tomb. So spiritually apart from Jesus, if you haven't believed, if you have, what'd you do? You came running out of that grave. That's why we sing that as a response song. When Jesus saves you, you come running out of that grave into the arms of the Father. But if you haven't believed, that may explain why you feel so dead inside because spiritually it calls you a corpse in a casket. But he doesn't wanna leave you there. Jesus will point out where you are to bring you where you should be. Y'all see that? He'll shine light on the darkness, not to say, ha ha, you're in darkness, no to show you the way toward him. That's his nature. That's what I'm trying to do tonight. 
you can change your reality if that's you, if you believe that Jesus can bring you out of the deadness of your sins and into the resurrection life where you're no longer a slave to sin, you're no longer uh, whatever you, you lived for in the past, Jesus is saying, hey, believe in me, and now, guess what, I call the shots. I'm your Lord, I'm your king, and follow me. So why should you follow the way of Jesus? Because Jesus is the only way out of death and into life. Y'all still tracking? Y'all wait? So here's what I wanna do. This, I believe what I'm about to say is grounded in scripture. I've had a bird in the past two weeks about John 14, and, and I'm just sitting there thinking like, these words are so familiar, and they're familiar even to people outside of Christianity. It's used so much, you can find it on bumper stickers, you can find it on billboards. And I begin to think, you know what, if, I'm not, <laughs> but get inside Satan's head, not always a good thing to do, but let's just for, for an exercise. If, if I'm thinking like Satan, what I'm gonna try to do is I'm gonna see those words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm gonna try to get people to believe that there are other ways and that there are many truths or there is no truth and that there are many ways to live your life, there are many sources to life or that you don't have to worry about death. Y'all tracking? Because Satan is a deceiver, he's a liar. And so I was thinking in our culture today, in modern society and what you're dealing with on your various campuses as you, if we just continue to see, well, you know what, we need to stop using that. There's, been, there's less objections to Jesus now than, than there has been in the past. But for real, for American Christians, we're like, what's gonna happen, what's gonna, what are we doing? All right, because we are going towards a direction that's not favorable toward the kingdom of God, but I think God's doing some work, and this is why I think he's doing some work, because John 14, 6, stares at several of these lies in the face. And we're gonna cover some lies that unbelievers believe, those outside of Christianity, and then I wanna look at some things that maybe some of you are struggling with. And the first is this. The first lie that Satan gets people outside of Christianity to believe is this, that there is no way at all. It's an atheistic world, there's no way. We're talking about, but there's no way. Number two, we can't be sure if there is a way or not. That's called agnosticism, the agnostic worldview. Number three, it doesn't matter because we're all gonna die anyway. That's either a lazy worldview or you could call that a nihilist. Someone who either doesn't wanna think about things or just thinks that literally, like we're just skin and bones to go back to dust. I'd ask him who created us out of the dust, but anyway, that's either or another. Number four, Jesus can't be the way because Christians do bad things. I call this the hurting hypocrite. This is someone who, they, instead of judging Christianity based on its founder, Jesus, and listening to his words, they, I think it's probably fair sometimes, judge it upon things that so-called Christians say and do to them or they see on the news or whatever. Jesus can't be the way because Christians do bad things. I call that the hurting hypocrite. Because why are they a hypocrite? <laughs> because they miss the whole point. <laughs> Christianity is not for cleaned up people. I cleaned up myself and went to Jesus. Well, that's not the gospel, brother. Let's talk about what Jesus said. No, one thing, I can guarantee you one thing. If you wanna find a place with a lot of messed up people, come to a church, right? <laughs> there you go, here are all the messed up people. Because that's the message of Christianity. Jesus met us where we are. And so people who say, I'm gonna reject Jesus because Christians do bad things, they're the hurting hypocrite. They don't know what the gospel really is. And then last, number five, is this. Some people say it's arrogant and unfair to say there is only one way. And you can call that the universalist. They believe all people will end up going to heaven no matter what they believe, no matter what they did. So here's what I wanna help you, believers in the room. Man, maybe you can utilize some of this, take some notes. If you're outside, here's what I wanna encourage you and just to think about this, just something to think about. 
And so here's, here's my response to some of these things. First, show me a way of life. Seriously, show me a way of life that you have chosen without God and I'll show you a better way with God. Every time. Show me a life without ultimate truth and certainty, really about anything, if you'll be honest, and I'll show you a life with Jesus with ultimate truth, full of clarity and purpose. The next is, show me a reason for not believing in Jesus because of bad experience you've had under the banner of his name, and I'll show you Jesus' nail-scarred hands and tell you, hey, friend, his death can overcome even the sins that people have committed that have kept you from him if you'll let him. That's power, that's grace. You tell me it's not fair for Jesus to claim he's the only way, and I'll say, hey friend, that's great. You go get your God, I'll give you a few weeks, whoever you're following, bring him back, and, and let's, let's make sure he dies for your sins. Been two weeks, where's your God? Where'd he go? Oh, he didn't show up, did he? That's right, because Jesus in the message of Christianity has the only God that doesn't ask us to climb the ladder or mountain up to him, but he came down to us and died for us us. So the, the fact is, is that Jesus has earned the right to say he's the only way because he's the only one that's made a way. Y'all tracking with that? Every other system is like, oh, we just got to figure out the way. Jesus said, it's plain and clear. I am the way. And lastly, friends, maybe for some of you, you're just like, I'm still not sold. Well, because of Jesus making the way, show me another man or woman that claims to be the way and again, share them the gospel. Uh, share with them the gospel. Also, you, God, man, <laughs> that paved the way to heaven for us with his body, blood, sweat, and tears. The road that Jesus paved to Calvary came at a high cost. It came at his own life. You, you show me something else better than that. Hey, man, I'm, I'm all ears. Y'all tracking with that? And here's another burden that I've kind of had on my heart. I think there, there are some lies that maybe Satan gets into the minds of Christians or maybe, unfortunately, so-called Christians. And in order to really believe this lie, you have to have a Jesus that looks like this. All right, if y'all been here on Sunday, you know this is Brandon's pocket Jesus. Ask him if I could have it tonight. I think what, what Satan does for a lot of Christians is he tries to convince us that we serve a really, really small Jesus, right? And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Like, you're like, dude, that's sacrilegious. I'm like, no, I'm making fun of a lot of our functional theology. What does Cole mean by that? With big words. It means what you actually believe in your heart, how you actually live. And so, because Jesus is so small, the lie that, that, that Satan then can tell you is, you know what, Jesus is just one of the ways, Cole. He's just one of the truths, and one little part of your life so you can say to pocket Jesus, hey, Jesus, you're, you're too little to be the only way, man. I don't know why I'm talking like this. We'll just go with the accent, all right? You're just, I understand your, your exclusivity claims and all that stuff, but here's the deal. I, I'll, I'll go to church on Sundays and Tuesdays and all that stuff like that, but, but you don't, here's my relationship. You, you stay over here, Jesus. You stay over there. Don't, you don't get in this. Y'all tracking with it? It's funny, you can giggle, but it's what a lot of us do. So when Jesus is a small little God in your life, here's what happens. You will never experience the life-transforming power that he has for you because you're worshiping a fake Jesus. Some of you are like, I just don't get anything out of Christianity because you're not in Christianity. Your Jesus is this small. 
He can't do anything for you. No wonder you don't want him to be the Lord of your relationships and your dating relationships. No wonder you don't have boundaries. This little guy can't do anything. Hey, y'all better make room for me. Make room for Jesus over there. Get over there, man. He has no power or authority. Y'all can laugh. I don't know. I'm serious and laughing at the same time. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) If your Jesus is a small little Jesus that doesn't have the power and authority to tell you how to live, to say, I'm the way, the ultimate truth, and the source of eternal life, I'm hesitant, friend. I'm not saying for sure to even call you a Christian because you're worshiping a fake Jesus. You're worshiping the Jesus that Satan helped you craft. You're really making a Jesus in your image. What sort of Jesus can I worship that basically allows him to save me but not change me? That's what you're doing. How can I get the the maximum benefit from Jesus with the minimal result in my life? That's what we're saying. So Jesus sometimes is just one of the ways, one of the truths, and one little part of our life. And then there's this. This one will kill us, so please lean in. Because we got a little bit of Jesus right here. (laughs) Satan tries to tell us he is so little, he is so insignificant. Really look at him. You know what? Psh, sorry, Brandon, I hope it doesn't break. We're good. Look at that little Jesus. No, no, no. He'll tell you this. No, you, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Satan will tell you that you make a better God. He'll say, stop looking through the lens of scripture. Get out a mirror and look at yourself. Aren't you beautiful? Look at that. And so listen, when you're the way, your, your way goes. When everything in your life is like, man, school's going well, class is going well, everything's awesome. But when one little thing goes wrong, you crumble. When you're the truth, the word is not truth. Jesus doesn't have truth. How you feel is truth. And because your friend took longer than two minutes to respond to your text, obviously they hate you. They've joined a satanic cult and you're not friends anymore. You need to go to a different church, right? Right? When, you, when, you're, when you're the truth, you, you depend on you. It's how you feel. I gotta let you know something. You believe a lot of lies. Like there are people that believe the earth is flat. Enough said, all right? Like we don't need to be the source of truth. And then... And then if you're the life, what you're saying is I am the source of life. What I can muster up, what what I can do in this life will be ultimately fulfilling. And when life goes wrong, when you get your heart broken, when you don't get that job, when you still don't like your major, when you do something that relationship you know you shouldn't have done, when this church or this church doesn't spoon feed you community and make you feel good about yourself, you know what happens? You crumble. And here's the deal. I don't know who in this room believes that lie. I don't have anyone specifically on my mind. I promise that to you. But listen, if you are the way and the truth and the life, that explains a whole lot about millennials and Generation Z because we are the most anxious, depressed people that have ever existed in the history of humanity. And you know why? Because we worship ourselves and we make lousy gods. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about me. Cole Rhodes is a lousy god. I don't even deserve to be elevated in height above you right now. Let's be real. I am a woeful, sinful man saved by the grace of God. But if I try to make myself the way, the truth, and the life, you know what happens? I constantly disappoint myself because I'm so far away from perfection. God is all good, right? Cole Rose is not all good. God is trustworthy. Cole Rose is not trustworthy. I will let you down. I will somehow manage a way to not fulfill your promises. And when you're doing that with yourself, when you look in the mirror... 
And not like Hosea, say woe is me, but you say wow is me. You have set yourself up, friends, for a life that will crumble. And the reason I'm so burdened by this tonight, I'm taking the eye of the time, is because I don't know how much longer, I, I, I know how much longer, I wanna be dramatic. I thought about how much longer do I see solid followers of Jesus just, just crumble under anxiety and just, I, I know that you like to love the Lord and just crumble under depression. I'm not talking about clinical. I'm talking about things that are under your control. It's a sin issue. Those are separate. How many, how many of you are just, gosh, you're not doing well. <laughs> you're struggling. And I think the answer is, I think the reason why for a lot of you is that Jesus is way over there and you've decided to look in the mirror and say, now I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus can go find someone else to claim authority over. <clears throat> we follow our heart when Jeremiah 17, nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, who can understand it? And that's why friends, what I wanna invite you into is to allow Jesus to change your heart. Say, God, I, I need a new heart. I need to be set, I need to be set in the trajectory of saying, Jesus, you are my way, you are my truth, you are my life. <clears throat> I need to repent, God. I, I've been a wimpy Christian. I've been blaming you, and it, it makes all sense now. I worship myself. I haven't been worshiping you. I haven't been following you. And so the challenge tonight is to cast yourself off of that throne that you like to sit on so much and let Jesus take his rightful place as the way, the truth, and the life again. Amen? What I want to do is ask the band to come up. And one of my favorite things... I think in scripture is to be able to see references to Jesus in the Old Testament. This happens in prophecy. This happens in a lot of the narratives. We see things that are happening. It's like, was that, was that Jesus? Was that really him? Was that a pre-incarnate Christ? Whatever. But one of the things I love to see is I see this in the Psalms. I see prophecy in the Psalms. I see post Resurrection, right? On the other side of the cross, looking back, I'm like, reading the Psalms, I'm like, that's Jesus. David's praying this prayer. David is asking God for these things. And I'm like, Jesus fulfilled that. Have you ever read the Psalms like that? You get to tonight if you haven't. So, Psalm, so, Psalm, <laughs> Psalm 25, verse 1, it says this To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, and you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Verse four, make me to know your ways. Jesus... Sorry, David is saying, God, show me your ways. What are you doing? Like, teach me. Like, I'm desperate. I need you to show me the way. And friends, here's what's amazing. I was looking at this this morning. That word ways in, in, in Psalm 25, translated from Hebrew to Greek, is the same word in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so what God did thousands of years later when David wasn't even on his force, show me your ways, God was like, you hold on, David. He probably helped him in that moment. He's like, there's a much, much better way. You have no idea, David. Your mind is gonna be blown. And so friends, let your mind be
be blown by the word of God. Read Psalm 25 and see Jesus. God has revealed the way. He's shown it to you. Follow him. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So why do you follow the way of Jesus? He's the only way toward a heart of peace. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to God. He's the only way out of death into life. And even more than that, he himself is the way promised thousands and thousands of years ago. Believe in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. I'm gonna ask you guys to, to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna drop the lights down. We don't do this a lot. There's nothing magic about this time, but here's what I'd like for you to do, and this is just very simple. No one's gonna be asked to come to the front and do anything weird or uncomfortable. But if you're that person that I've described as you feel so far off from God, you feel like, oh, I gotta be honest. Like, man, some of that was hard to hear, but that's exactly where I am. And you're saying, you know what, I... God's been stirring in my heart the desire to, to embrace and believe in Jesus as the only way. Like, I, I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead. Like, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm all in on you. You're my greatest pleasure and purpose. The only way I want to go, if that's the decision you're making tonight or something that God is stirring in your heart, please, everybody that's not, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. But if that's you, if God's working in your heart that way tonight, could you just look up at me so I can pray for you? awesome. Thank you. And maybe, man, there's, we've talked a lot about the struggles of believers. I don't know if any of you believers, maybe if you just be honest, it's like, man, I've said the right things, but my Jesus day-to-day life looks a lot more like the pocket Jesus than the Jesus that calmed the storming seas, <laughs> that raised the dead from life, that fed the 5,000. Like, I have been worshiping a very small Jesus, and I want to repent of that. I want to get right. I want to get back to a place for the Jesus I worship is the Jesus of scripture. He has authority. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know how you're thinking of what God may be stirring up in your heart, but if there's anything that God is doing in your life in that regard, would you just look up at me so I can pray for you and know that? Praise God. Praise God. In a minute here, I'm going to pray. And I'm not a big fan of forcing people, making people uncomfortable. But my invitation and challenge to you is, is that, man, we're a church, we're a body, we're a fellowship. There are our staff over here to the other side, the Jesus over, every, Jesus over everything else banner. We would love to pray for you and encourage you and lead you through what God may be putting on your heart. So I would just challenge and invite you maybe while, while I'm praying here in a second to make your way over there and let us just talk with you through that. It's a good and amazing thing when, when God works, when God speaks, and we just wanna follow through with that you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for moving. Thank you so much for speaking, for working in the lives of these students. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Let us sing to you. Let us worship you. Let us live our lives like this is really true because it is. We pray this in your name. Amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.